What's going on, people? I want to welcome all of you to the very unsportsmanlike podcast. My name is Quincy, and this is my podcast. And we like to cover sports, mainly the NFL, uh, but we also get down with boxing, the NBA, NCAA sports, and more. And we talk about it unfiltered. Joining me, as usual, down there in Pensacola, Florida, is the homie Buck. Buck, what's going on? How's everybody doing this evening? Doing well, man. You making it all right? Doing good. Had a great Thanksgiving. Looking forward to getting the rest of these holidays out the way. Uh, Yeah, and they're going to be costly if you have gifts to buy, that's for sure. You know, the good thing is all of mine are grown and gone, so I don't have to worry about that this year. Sean Jr. will probably be the only one to get something this year unless – some other things kind of transpire what I've been working on. So let's see how it That's goes. All right. Well, let's go ahead and kick this off with a little college football news, man. You know, the the uh, carousel in college, the coaching carousel started spinning. And, man, did it spin hard. All right. And so uh, Lincoln Riley decides he's going to leave Oklahoma and go to Southern California. He goes to USC. Yeah. Now, Oklahoma is going from the Big Ten, the Big 12 to the SEC. And uh, some of the recruits, I think so far has been about seven or eight recruits that had committed to Oklahoma, decommitted when they found out that Lincoln Riley is leaving. So, but where does yeah. this leave Oklahoma, man? I mean, this is a one-story franchise, one of the best jobs in the country. And now Lincoln Riley – is gone, and they can't even win the Big 12 with Lincoln Riley. So what's going to happen now that they're losing commits and things of that nature, and they're going to a tougher conference in the SEC? Yeah, they might They might decide to stay in the Big, Big 10. Um, Big 12. Simply because, I mean, I mean, it would probably be a good idea for them to do that. I don't um, know if they can. At this they've point, already, not sure if they can, but – you know, it's one of those deals where, you know, they were already calling for his head because he hadn't won a championship there. Um, because, you know, Oklahoma has been showing flashes of greatness over the last few years, ever since Lincoln Riley has been there. So with that being said, you know, these teams are looking to be competitive. We know Alabama is pretty much running things right now in the SEC and getting to the national championship every year, whether they win it or lose it. Um, so, you know, you know, but however, since Lincoln Riley's been there, you had, you know, players leave Alabama and come to Oklahoma. So, you know, you know, he's, you know, he kind of put that stamp on the team because they, you know, yeah, they've been winning and they hadn't been winning national championships, but at least they've been competitive enough to where they'd be in the top four or five which is really where you want to be if you want to be in consideration for, you know, playing for the national title. So with him going to USC, you know, USC is another one of those teams as a story franchise that used to be back in the eighties and nineties, one of those teams that were perennial when it comes to the top four or five, you know, and the FBS wasn't the FBS back then, but you know, you know what I'm trying to say. So, you know, the teams back in the day when we were coming up were, Miami, USC, Oklahoma, Nebraska, 
You know, Notre Dame had a little play in there. You had Ohio State a little bit, um, Florida State. You know, those are the teams, you know, were, that were really vying for everything back in those days when we were coming up. And that's where all the NFL players were coming from, This, you know, with the exception of a few that were coming out of the HBCUs like Jackson State and Mississippi Valley with Jerry Rice and, you know, Walter Payton and things of that nature. But the bottom line of it is this. You know, they all, they, he probably would have stayed there if the money was – USC wants to get back on top. Yeah. So, you know, they were looking for a big name, a big splash – to kind of get their program back where they need to be. A name like Lincoln Riley, yeah, he's been winning over there in Oklahoma, not getting, you know, championships, but he's been getting the job done. You yeah. know, he's been at least in the top ten. So and smelling the top five. So mm-hmm. a couple of been times in being in it. So yeah. been in the playoffs. Playoffs. So <laughs> bottom bottom line is this. They need to get a big name. They got one in Lincoln Riley. Um You'll get, you know, these USC games will now be televised a little bit more simply because of notoriety alone for Lincoln Riley and what he's done in Oklahoma. So, you know, he's got some players out there that's playing in the NFL right now, you know, mainly quarterbacks. So we'll see what it does. Yep, Heisman winners. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I understand the move. I think it's a good move for him because Oklahoma, I think, is going to struggle in the SEC. Uh, that's just how I feel. I could be wrong, but but as far as how things went in college football last week, uh, in the Egg Bowl, something that means something to Mississippi, but it also plays a role in the college football playoffs. Ole Miss was able to beat Mississippi State 31-21. Cincinnati remained undefeated. And Let's see, Iowa beat Nebraska, which that game wouldn't have meant anything had Wisconsin not lost to Minnesota in an upset. So now Iowa will be playing for the Big Ten Championship this weekend. Um, let's see, Ohio State-Michigan, of course, was the probably biggest game of the weekend, number two versus number five. And But Jim Harbaugh finally got over the hump after, what, five tries, he finally beat Ohio State. Man, that was awesome. That was an awesome deal because I got a couple of friends here um, that are big Michigan fans, um, me included. I mean, it was just really, really cool to see uh, them finally get over the hump. My friend Mary out in California was over there at the game um, because she's originally from that area. And she was kind of like filming, doing the Twitter thing. You know, showing the crowd and being on the field and things of that nature, man, it was it was wild. Um, it was like it was almost like winning the Super Bowl, but in college, and it was just really fun to see all the people and them storming the field, and you know, everybody happy. The players were hugging the fans, the fans hugging the players because it was really. I mean, Ohio State been doing been doing it big, whooping these guys every year, and for Michigan to finally man. get over the hump and. And, and, yeah, they've been they've been stomping a mud hole in Michigan. But yeah. Michigan came back, and they really did something what they really needed to do. Because, really, if you don't – if I'm just going to be honest. If they didn't beat Ohio State this year, I think Jim Hobdrob may have been trying to find another job. Um, because this is, you know, this is one of the things that he said in his press conference when he got hired, because this is his alma mater. You know, he said, you know, we want to be Ohio State. 
and he had, he just hadn't gotten it done. So whatever pants he wore, whether they were khaki or not, I, um, I didn't get to see most of the game, but um, he need to wear them lucky pants next year so they can do it again. Um, but um, glad to see Michigan finally get this pulled off because this, this is a long time coming, long time coming. Yeah, I'm glad they were able to get it done too. Um, but they still got to handle business this weekend against Iowa or um, it's another setback. So, big win, but they still got to keep going, try to make it to the playoffs. They win Saturday. They're guaranteed to be in the playoffs. But Alabama barely got past Auburn 24-21, four overtimes, Buck. And Auburn had a chance to win this game, man. Their running back ran out of bounds. It was about, what, a minute left in the game. And the running back ran – a minute and some change left in the game. The running back ran out of bounds, which, of course – you know, saved Alabama a timeout, and it saved them about 35 seconds. And Alabama ended up tying the game with only about 23 seconds left in the game. The game would have been over had that guy run out of bounds. So Alabama, um, it took a little look. But let me tell you something, But You give a team like Alabama an opportunity, they'll beat you every time. No doubt. I mean, this is – Auburn had this game won. I, I just got to be, you know, just honest with it. Um, they really had this. They had Alabama on the ropes, and as a result of them not doing what they were supposed to do, um, you know, they dropped the ball. They dropped it big time. Um, it shouldn't have gone to three or four overtimes. I mean, it, it just shouldn't have done that. Um, but this is what happens when you make mistakes. Um, you, you running out of bounds to stop the clock, giving Alabama time to do what they needed to do to yeah, and they drove win the game. Like they were in a Cadillac. Yeah, I mean, Alabama is just one of those teams, man. You keep – you know, they they know what to do. They know how to win, win games. And they just messed up. And as a result of this, I mean, this is what ultimately got Auburn's coach fired last year. Um, you know, because he couldn't get over the hump. This is this guy's first year. So, you know, I can't remember the other coach's name that used to coach for Auburn, but the bottom line of it is this. They got to get the job done. You know, Alabama's one of those teams that, you know, you see it on the schedule, Iron Bowl, Egg Bowl. You know, there's a lot of pride carried in, in Alabama, Mississippi, when you play those games, Mississippi State Ole Miss, you know, Alabama Auburn, you know, it's, you know, it's big, big time deals. So this is, you know, when you get hired as a coach, you got to go in there knowing that this is a game, whether you won in, you know, one in nine, one in 10, whatever the college, and think they play 12 games in college. Bottom line of this, you got to beat your rivals. And if you, you know, they'll let you get away with that one, two or three years. But after that, your ass got to go. Yeah, pretty much. And so, excuse me, that was a missed opportunity for Auburn. But Alabama took advantage of it, and they drove down the field. A lot of people say they got lucky, but, hey, they they took advantage of that luck. And so um, Notre Dame beat Stanford, and it looks like Notre Dame was poised to be in the playoffs possibly, but their coach decided, you know what, I'm going to LSU. Uh, so Brian Kelly has been at Notre Dame for 13 years. He looks like the 
the the perfect fit for for Notre Dame, but uh, he's going to trade that in for a lot of money, but and the opportunity to be in Cajun country. Uh, so these coaches are, you know, Notre Dame was one of the most storied programs in NCAA history at one point, and now people are leaving that for an SEC school. Uh, so I never saw that coming. But uh, Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma 37-33, so Lincoln Riley was given a parting gift. And I think that's pretty much it for most of the games that matter. And as far as the playoffs go right now, Buck, uh, the top four in the college football rankings, Georgia is still undefeated at number one. Michigan has moved up three spots to number two at 11-1. and one. Alabama's number three at 11 and one and Cincinnati is number four at 12 and oh on the outside looking in you have Oklahoma State at number five and Notre Dame at number six now but Notre Dame is finished playing they don't have a conference game so they got to wait and see what everyone else does Georgia has to play Alabama in the SEC uh, championship so you know, it's a good chance. Well, I'll be honest with you, but if Georgia loses to Alabama, Georgia's not going to drop out of the top four. I, I don't see that happening. And if Alabama loses to Georgia and if it's a close game, Alabama may not even drop out of the top four. And they're number three. Well, they kind of have to. They have two losses then. So, yeah. So they got, they'll be two losses. They'll be out of the top yeah, five. They if should they, be. Yeah, they should be. If you got two losses, you, you'll be out of there. Yeah. So, but Georgia, Georgia has a Georgia has had a undefeated season, or come in with one loss before against Alabama, and they there's something about Georgia they always tank when it comes to them oh, playing yeah. Alabama. Yeah, and um, you know this is a game that Georgia really needs to. You know Alabama's a little bit on the ropes. You know they they play the Auburn team that wasn't even ranked, that really gave them fits all night. So. Kind of, you know, Alabama's coming in there limping a little bit, if you ask me. So, this is a time that you got to go for the jugular. If you get your start out, you got the lead. You got to keep the lead. Keep Alabama on the rope. Don't let Alabama hang around. Go for the jugular. Take them out. Interceptions, turnovers, forced fumbles, sacks, whatever it takes to get these guys out of the game. That's what they got to. They got to do if they plan on winning it. Yeah. All right. And so, um, you know, Michigan has to beat Iowa. Alabama has to win to stay in. Cincinnati has um, a conference championship, so they can't slip. And Oklahoma State, you know, they if they win, they have a possibility they can get in an Alabama spot if Georgia holds serve. So Oklahoma State can possibly make it. And Notre Dame can still make it at number six. Um, after that, yeah. every, everybody else is a two-loss team, so I don't expect any of them – anyone with two losses to make it. Uh, yeah, they now, of course, it is a possibility that Michigan, Alabama, and Oklahoma State could all lose, and Cincinnati. Well, yeah. well Cincinnati's undefeated. So even if Michigan, Alabama, and Oklahoma State lost, then Notre Dame would still be uh, a one-loss team, and they okay. would get in. So yeah. they're pretty much set. That top six is pretty much the only people who are in contention. To be honest with you. Right. Yeah. All right. So let's get to the pros and we'll talk about what happened this weekend. We'll start off with to see Chicago beat Detroit 16 14. 
Andy Dalton threw for 317 yards. Mooney had 123 yards receiving. And Detroit had opportunities, but they just couldn't get it done. And so they still remain winless. And let me bring on this guy because I know he wants to talk about the next game. Bring on Ray from up there in Jersey. Ray, what's going on? Hey, what's what's up, what's up, Buck? All right. And so Las Vegas 36, Dallas 33. The Raiders up their record to six and five. Dallas falls to seven and four. The game went into overtime. 93,000 people at AT AT&T Stadium caught this game. It was uh, the most watched regular season game since like 1991 or something like that. 38 million people. So uh, a lot of people got to check this out. And Ray, I'll let you talk about your guys first, man. Y'all had 143 yards rushing. 366 yards passing, but most importantly, no turnovers. Now, there were a ton of penalties on both sides of the ball, but y'all were able to control the clock and you didn't turn over the ball and you were able to get out of Dallas with a victory. Yeah, it was, it was a very good game. I mean, uh, I like the way we played. I think that uh, if we could play consistently like that, all the time we can play with anybody. But the thing about it is you don't know what team's going to show up. And we had come off a three-game skit and um, going to play uh, playing Dallas, it was kind of uh, one of those things where you didn't know what to expect. And, you know, uh, we came out and played really good. And we was able to get the victory because we was able to run the ball. Derek Carr was very efficient, or he basically canceled uh, Dak Prescott out. So what they both did, what each other did. So if you could take Dak Prescott away from Dallas, you you got a chance to win. And then we had a a nice running game going with Josh Jacobs and uh, Kenyon Drake, but mostly Josh Jacobs, man, he really – was able to break free on some runs and get a nice uh, – keep a nice running game going. Um, I think we used our weapons very well. But I always say if we use our weapons, we can't be stopped. But we just won't use our weapons. And, I mean, I, mean, I, I don't understand, and I still don't understand, you know, the Rams let Sean Jackson go – and then we used to show on Jackson the first time on on Thursday. Why is it that they won't let this guy go down the field and just throw this guy to football? I ain't seen nobody stop him yet when he's healthy. So I don't understand that. It shouldn't it shouldn't come down to we usually got one or two plays. All these defensive penalties that he was drawing, either the guy gonna have to hold them. Or he going for a touchdown. He's still keep, fast. Yes, keep using the same play that you've been using. See, me, I'm a coach. It ain't got to be fancy. If you can't stop it, that's what we going with. Me and Anthony Brown would have had so many penalties on there that okay to cut him at halftime. <laughs> because we'd have kept going to the same play. It's touchdown or you going to grab the hold him. And, you know, 
it shouldn't have been that close if they work with that mentality. But you got too many coaches they want to utilize the playbook and all this kind of stuff. That's good sometimes. But sometimes you have to straight up just do what you have to do. And I think we did that very well. I mean, Dallas, now they're in, they in a rough spot. I mean, they'll probably win the division because the, the Eagles lost. But um, people are starting to doubt them now. And, you know, a lot of people are big on them because they felt like, you know, they the Cowboys, they're the biggest team in the country. So a lot of people ride with them. But I was glad we was able to come in and do what we had to do and was able to win the game. I didn't, I didn't expect us to win the game because of the way we had been sliding, but it's good that we did come out to victory. Yeah, I um, I, I thought Dallas could win, would win this game, to be honest with you, and even without their, their receivers. And I, I guess, I mean, there was just so many missed opportunities, man. I mean, we had crucial drops. One thing about Dallas, when we drop a pass, it's in a – very important part of the drive. It's going to be on third down or it's going to be something late in the game. And for some reason, they picked the worst times to drop passes. And even though Gallup and, and, and Wilson both went over 100 yards, um, the passing game just wasn't there early on. I don't even feel like they really just tried to run the ball. I mean, the running backs had 19 carries between them. But yeah. it was it was just so spotty, and even though they weren't getting any yards, I just I just think you got to keep grinding sometimes until you get yards, and they just didn't stick with it. Yeah, and so, I mean they should ran the ball, you know, more because we think we 29th in rush defense, so they kept running the ball. I think they would have had very good results, but I mean, you know. I yeah. know people say the Dallas is without their receivers. I mean, we 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 without ours too. Waller got hurt. Henry Rose got cut. So I mean, we lost our number one receiver, our number one tight end. Yeah, but we we empty too. Yeah, and I, like I said, I still think they should have been better than what they were. I mean, yeah, they got thirty three points, but the way they got the points, they just didn't feel like they were in control of the game. Malik Hooker was lost on defense on a couple of plays. I'm sorry, not Malik Hooker, uh, DeMonte Casey. A couple of times he didn't look like he was just looking in the backfield at the quarterback and letting people run past him. Michael Parsons is still that dude, though, man. Michael Parsons is unstoppable as a pass rusher. Man, he oh, is yeah. relentless. I just hate the old Dallas, but I, I, I like <laughs> to see him play. Yeah, yeah, he is relentless, but – I thought we held up well on the offensive line because I really thought your defensive end would give us some problems. And, um, yeah. I mean, Dallas just blew the game. And, man, I will say this. There were a ton of penalties called in this game. Both teams combined for 28 penalties and over um, 250 yards. And I don't know if the referee, if the NFL had a meeting with the referees or what, but, like, all Thanksgiving Day, I think they average 19 penalties per game. And they cut that in half for Sunday's games. On Sunday's game, all the games average no more than nine, average about nine penalties a game. So I don't know if they had a conversation or what, but, man, there were a lot of penalties in all three of those games on Thanksgiving Day. And so – but yeah, yeah, I gotta give you bragging rights for the next few years, then, Ray, because uh, 
I feel like we blew this one, and I feel like uh, we let a good opportunity get away. And I do think that it's affected some of the confidence, um, not only of the Cowboys, but also it, it gives other teams confidence that, hey, these guys aren't as good as um, they think they are. And so that makes people a little more confident, you know, brazen when it comes to beating you. But uh, you were the only person to pick Vegas. Everybody else picked Dallas. And I forgot to mention in the other games, um, everybody picked Chicago except for Eminem. Yeah, you picked the Raiders. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, and everybody picked Chicago except for Eminem. And so, all right. So, Buffalo 31, the Saints 6. Uh, Man, this game was hard to watch. It really was. And the Saints got to figure something out. It wasn't if you were a Buffalo fan. Nah. (laughs) They're going to give Taysom Hill a try and see what he does. But um, Ray and I took Buffalo. So Ray and I took Buffalo in that one. And all right. Let's say the Giants 13, Philadelphia 7. And this surprised me. They were tired. Michael Strahan's jersey and – I guess they played hard for him, you know, gave him a memorable day as they retired his jersey. And, man, the, the Eagles got a got 200 yards rushing again. These dudes are getting 200 yep. yards rushing every week, but they have four turnovers. And four turnovers is not going to be not even the Giants. And Jalen's hurt, Jalen Hurts' passer rating was 17. He was 14 of 31, yeah. 129 yards. No, no touchdowns, three interceptions. He did run for 77 yards, but, again, 17. I mean, and Daniel Jones was 94. He was Mike Payne of 30, 202 in a touchdown and no interceptions. It's amazing what Daniel wow. Jones can do when he's not turning over the ball. Yep. But uh, in this one, all of us picked the Eagles. So all of us uh, were let down in that one. Um, nobody was hurt more than Eminem, I'm sure. But <laughs> all right, yeah. New England 36, Tennessee 13. Mac Jones, who? Mac Jones, 310 no. yards My passing. Jones. Man, the Patriots are on fire right now. They destroyed Tennessee, and uh, even I, I mean, now as far as the picks, let's see. All of us took New England except for Eminem. But so all of us expected them to win, but did anybody expect them to dominate like this? Yeah, pretty much because because Tennessee has been really has been exposed uh, in recent weeks. You know they don't have Derrick Henry, and without Derrick Henry, they're just not as explosive. Um, they're not as powerful. Um, they they can't you know if they have to play from behind, they just can't you know they can't keep up. Um, you know, yeah, they drafted Bud Dupree and all that, but you got to remember, Bud Dupree's coming off an injury. You know, coming off a you know ACL injury, and it takes about a year, year almost two years to kind of get back. Yeah, he's got a sack or two, but I mean, he, they're bringing them along sparingly. But without that running game, that 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 really shows you it exposes, you know, the, their quarterback. Because, you know, now we see in the Tannehill we used to see in Miami all the time. Yeah. So it just shows you, see you, know, that one. you don't want to see that one. So with, well, with Henry in there, you know, he doesn't have to win the football game. Henry wins the football game. But without him in there, Tannehill is, 
exposed like a five dollar hole. Mm. I still think Tannehill's a good quarterback, but I, I um, think you you have to see, you know, is AJ Brown them healthy? Is Julio Jones healthy? No. You know he, no, he, he, he got nobody to throw the ball to what you gonna do. You know, Who, is when is Julio Jones healthy? ever healthy? When, when is Julio Jones ever healthy? Hey, Julio yeah, because the average per game of any wide receiver all time. That's great. Uh, get he, ain't played, that, but, <laughs> he ain't played in as many games. Yeah, I know. But the, the boy, the boy got bad feet. I mean, so I mean, I, I would hate to see his his shoes off because I bet you they look like damn rhino feet. <laughs> no, he's he's had a t- he's had a tough time. But you know, yeah, yeah, you, you yeah. I'm not, de- I'm not, I'm not denying his talent by any means. But uh, no, I'm not denying his talent either. I'm just telling you, you got bad. It's kind of like football for you. Like with with Tyron Smith. Tyron Smith is an amazing left tackle, but that dude has missed like 33 games in the last what three seasons, three and a half seasons or something. And man, it's it's rough. I mean, you can have all the talent in the world, but if folks can't rely on you, man, it just makes it tough. Right. And uh, but man, New England is 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 rolling right now. They seem very hard to beat. And I mean, I don't want to jump the gun too early because you know and this is a rookie quarterback, but he looks like he's playing within himself, like people the little cliche is. And as long as he just can manage the game and make a few plays now and then when needed. Then I, I think they're gonna keep he, rolling along because Bill Belichick got that defense on point. He, he's making plays. Everybody won't say he's managing the game, this and that. But that guy throwing the ball, he's very accurate, and he's putting up yardage and don't have no Pro Bowl receivers. Mm-hmm. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Hey, I told y'all New England was gonna be there. Everybody so. jumped to criticize Belichick and this and that. And say, man, look, you don't have to. Make Tom Brady out to be great. He's already great. But give hell check his credit. All these folks on TV, oh, look at the Patriots. Ah, they suck. They, ah, ah. Now, now ain't nobody saying that. Hey, these guys got a good football team. Yeah, they just need to get everybody together. back from uh, from yeah. that COVID year. Yeah, from the COVID and everything yeah. else. They got to put it together. You're playing with a rookie quarterback, yeah. look what they're doing. He didn't already prove yeah. what he was. Yeah, and we can see right now that Belichick definitely made the best, the, the right decision when he he sent Cam packing and kept Mac Jones. Yeah, and everybody talking yeah. about the Cam yeah, decision. They act like they cut Cam Newton. Man, they cut uh, Tom Brady or somebody. I said, man, Cam ain't been that guy in five years, four or five years. And then so. yeah. now, yeah. now look at him. He looked like he forgot how to play football. Back on the bench. And Back on the bench. On the pine. Yeah. Yeah. And so, all right. And uh, let's see. Miami 33, Carolina 10. And Jalen Waddle went off in that game. And Eminem and I took Miami in that one. And I know everybody expected more from uh, Cam Newton, but didn't happen. And yeah, that uh, that one kind of hurt. Atlanta 21, Jacksonville 14. And 
Yeah. Let's see. Buck and Eminem took Atlanta. I expected more out of Jacksonville. I did. And they just uh, – I mean, they had their opportunities to win this game. Just too many mistakes when it mattered. And same score applies to the Jets over the Texans, 21-14. to 14. And the Jets, they're, they're kind of like the Lions of the AFC. They're a little feisty. You know, they'll be competitive now and then. All of us took Houston in this game. I don't think anyone had confidence that the Jets could pull this off, but they were able to do it. And Tampa Bay, 38, the Colts, 31. Uh, man, Leonard Fournette looked like he was back at LSU the way he was running this ball. But oh, yeah. I, I, the Colts, if you all saw this game, I, I saw some of it, but I thought I saw a stat that said the Colts passed the ball 26 times in a row. 26 oh. times in a row. Why would you do that with Jonathan Taylor on the bench? I mean, in the backfield. Jonathan Taylor managed to get 83 yards on 16 carries, and a lot of that came late in the game because he didn't really get any carries until the second half. Hmm. Yeah. This is what happens when, you know, when you get in a shootout. And this is what some coaches do sometimes. They get away from their game plan. And they got away from the game plan because, you know, the other team was putting up points. So they're going like, oh, we got Carson Wentz. He can throw that. He can sling that rock. But that's fine. But you got sometimes you got to stay with the running game. If you score too fast and don't take enough time off the clock, the other team going like, all right, fuck them. We know we can score against their ass. So we just gonna we just gonna drive this ball down their throat, take you know twelve fifteen play drive, and you know put a points and then they got to go then they're gonna be forced you know they're gonna come back down the field and score within two or three minutes and guess what the other team gonna go back down there and score again and you losing you know if, if you kicking field goals and not scoring touchdowns you can't keep up and that you know this game was wild man I mean. You got a, you got Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. You got the right. You got to run that rock, bro. Screw all that passer. <laughs> yeah, and they they didn't they didn't run the ball when they had the opportunities to to try to keep this game from getting away from them. And even though they were almost able to come back, and they were probably one more block on a kickoff return from possibly putting this in overtime. Uh, I think they let the game get out of hand because they decided to you know not run the not run the ball when they had opportunities and Naheem Himes fumbled uh it was a costly fumble and he didn't have a great game and so if if the Colts had to do this all over again I, I think they would play this game a little differently. Uh but as far as the picks go I was the only one that took Tampa Bay in this game, I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't expecting yeah. this type of game. I do think yeah. Indy, Indianapolis had it. They just lost it. Yeah, yeah. I think Indianapolis had their chances, but uh, they weren't able to pull it off. And so, Cincinnati forty-one, Pittsburgh ten, and but uh, y'all went to Paul Brown Stadium, man, and man, it was over by halftime, bro. It was thirty-one to three at halftime. Who's up in the first quarter? It just seemed like y'all never really got anything going. Only sixteen yeah. first downs, fifty-one yards rushing, two hundred and fifty yards net passing, three turnovers. 
lost the time of possession battle by 11 minutes. Uh, man, yeah, they just jumped on y'all with both feet. Joe Mixon ran for 165 yards, two touchdowns. Joe Burrow was 20 for 24. He only threw for 190 yards, but he didn't have to do much more. You know, when you when you giving these guys the ball on on their side of the field twice in the first half, um, and they score touchdowns on that, I mean, it's hard to come back from that. We're not built. I mean, yeah, we came back against the team week before, but look what we've done in the last five weeks. Um against teams we've teams been running their ass up and down the field on us man we hadn't stopped to run in five weeks um Devin Bush is coming off an ACL injury he does not look like the same player um we got Wormley playing the nose which that's not his natural position he, he he's not a nose tackle um uh, he's not getting any push the defensive line other than Hayward is getting pushed but I mean he's getting double and triple team you had T.J. Watt, who's not playing 100%. Come, he you come back in this game. He, he was triple team. So, so you got you got two, now he's on concussion. Pro, I mean, the concussion, but he on COVID pro, protocol as of yesterday. Um, bottom line of this: when you're not when you're taking bad angles on tackles, and or not even tackling at all. And uh, Bush got bent during the game because he just wasn't playing right. So they put Spillane in there. He got hurt, and they had to put Bush back in there. Um, they were picking on Pierre on the, over there where Hayden would normally be. They were picking on him all day. Um, it was just a, the defense has not done anything within the last four to five weeks. And, you know, we got to four to – you got to have guys playing in the natural position and Wormley is good on the end, but he's not good in the in the middle. We got to have a nose tackle that can get some push. That's where Lulu and Tuit would be normally. And that without those two guys in there, that, our defensive line, we're not getting the push to let the linebackers tee off. Our secondary's got a lot of youth in it, and the safeties are good, but there's too much youth in the secondary, and they're just not getting the job done. Sutton plays well on the other side where. You know, he plays good on that side, but we're having to move him down in the box. So, you know, it's just really – we got to do some – we're going to have to do some personnel changes. The offense has been doing good. Ben had a bad game. He hadn't thrown any t- any picks until – in the last five games until, you know, this past game. He just had some, you know, bad throws in the game. But, you know, we just didn't look good at all. It's like we we stayed at the sports bar and didn't even come to the game. That was embarrassing. Um because, I mean, I just didn't see that coming. I did not see that kind of performance coming out of the team, regardless to who we got playing. Um, de- definitely, we're making some changes this week. Uh, we picked up a guy off the Saints practice squad. Used to play for the Packers. Uh, he's a natural nose tackle, and uh, he'll be on the team. He signed to the 53-man roster this week. Um, I'm quite, quite sure. I would like to see Laudermill actually play in Wormley's spot. He's a rookie. But he, he actually gets a lot of push um, playing on the opposite side of Hayward and then bringing a new guy in. I think we might get our defensive line back to the point to where we get some push. The offensive line is making strides. But when you have to play from behind, we're not built that way. We got to play with a lead, and we can keep a lead. Just We have lulls, but we can keep the lead. But um, we got a lot of work to do. We got six games left, but – 
it ain't going to get no easier. We got the Ravens this week, so at 3.30 on Sunday, we got to get it done. So hopefully we can make some changes and get get back on track. All right. Yep, yeah, I definitely need to figure it out. And um, let's see, as far as that game goes, I was the only one that took Cincinnati. I wasn't sipping that Steelers Kool-Aid. And I Pittsburgh. Yep. All right. Denver 28, the Chargers 13. Uh, Justin Herbert had 303 yards passing, but it wasn't enough. And man, I'm I'm really starting to lose faith in the Chargers because uh, all all of us took the Chargers, by the way. Man, but I've been picking knew? them. It's not Philip Rivers. <laughs> yeah, I, I I've been picking them a lot over the last few weeks, man, and they've been letting me down um, against teams that I feel like they should be able to beat. But it's something about, I mean, their offense is a little inconsistent, but their defense. Uh, is inconsistent as well. So uh, it's not offense. It's not defense. It's one thing. It's the shot. Now I'm a curse. It's <laughs> never going to be right. <laughs> Until they do right by Marty Schottenheimer. You got to do right by the late, great Marty Schottenheimer. The shot. Now I'm a curse. You do oh, not get man. rid of a coach that's 14 and two. So all I'm mm-hmm. saying is the shot. Now I'm a curse. It's, yeah. it's raised. It's ugly head yet again. All right. All right, San Francisco 34, Minnesota 26. Uh, man, San Francisco ran this ball like a champ between Mitchell and, and Debo. Debo. Man, they ran this ball. And Debo, Emin- boy. Woo. Eminem was the only one that took San Francisco. Uh, I, I really thought Minnesota would come to play in this one and that they'd get after Garoppolo, but – uh, that wasn't the case. So Minnesota dropped one that um, I feel like they probably should have won. But okay, so I guess you could say this was one of the game of the week. Green Bay thirty six, Los Angeles Rams twenty eight. Looks like uh, OBJ picked the wrong team. The Packers go to nine and three. The Rams drop to seven and four. This game was at Lambeau Field. And, fellas, Green Bay, man, I I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers is making another run at MVP, even though people really aren't necessarily talking about it that I've heard. But, uh, I mean, Devontae Adams, it's like nobody can cover him. He had 104 yards on eight catches, nine targets. Randall Cobb had a big game. After he lost a fumble, he started really getting into it. And Matthew Stafford put up some good numbers, 21 of 38, 302, and three touchdowns with one interception. But the Rams just seem to – I don't know. I don't know. I'll let y'all have have at it to figure out what's going on with the Rams. To me, it seemed like during certain parts of the game, they just fall asleep. This is the deal with the Rams. You know, when you are – you know, you're supposedly an offensive guru – um, I think he's been exposed a little bit. Um, you know, now teams, you know, he's not, you know, all his play calling and things of that nature are not new anymore because you got, you know, what he does is out on tape. So that's part of the, that's part of it. But the other part of it is, is the defense. Um, you got, you got all star talent on that defense. 
you know, you got good cornerbacks. You you just picked up LeVar Miller from the from the damn you know Denver Broncos. You got you got damn you, you got uh, uh, Aaron Donald, but Aaron Donald has not been as dominant he, as he normally is because he's getting double and triple teamed. Um, now you got Von Miller over there. He's also getting double teamed. And then you got your cornerback there. I, can't, I see the boy fighting, can't call it. Taylor Ramsey. Um, you know, you, you know Ramsey's Ramsey Island is not, you know, yeah, he's making plays back there. But what I see is frustration. When these guys are behind, they're, you know, they're arguing with the coaches on the sideline, pushing coaches around and things of that nature. Um, I see some undisciplined, in the, you know, some undisciplined in their defensive play. And when you have that, you know, you can team, some guys think they can just turn it on and come out there. When you got that much all-star talent on defense, and I see a little bit that little bit a little bit of that in Tampa Bay, but those guys are much older than what you got with the Rams. But I see, you know, sometimes these guys are just not turning it on. And they stars, you know, they're perennial pro bowlers, perennial all pros, but they're just not getting it done. So I think they need to kind of go back to the drawing board, look, you know, look at some basic fundamental type deals, you know, keep your head in the game. Don't let, you know, don't be arguing with your coaches on the sideline. Just go over there, sit down, look at what you did wrong, get back out there, make the adjustments, move forward. All right. Ray, what do you say? Well, I, I think McVay is like a lot of coaches, and coaches uh, is probably the biggest profession in the country now that you could be just a flat-out hustler. <laughs> and like I say, you know, this guy come in, he's a young guy, a little short guy, and everybody want to listen to what he's saying. And, yeah, that shit works when nobody's seen it before. When somebody sees it, First, oh, it's this quarterback, and I got to get another quarterback, and I got to get a new this and a new that. And they've been listening to this bullshit for four or five years now from McVeigh. And, yeah, you got a Super Bowl appearance. So that's enough to keep you going for four or five years. But once year in and year out, you have not delivered the product, what are you going to say? It's just like um, Andy Reid got over the hump. And Kansas City got the Super Bowl. He finally got a Super Bowl. But with the team, the way it was structured, and the team with all these weapons and everything else, Pat Mahomes has to get more than one Super Bowl. Otherwise, it's not going to be seen as successful. Yeah, yeah. you can win uh, games every year. You're 11 and 6, 11 and uh, 12, 11 and 5, or whatever you want to look at over the years. Yeah, that's a good record. But when you got some of the best players in the game and you don't consistently get it done, you got to start looking at that coach. And, yeah, it's always somebody, McVay, 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 McVay. That's all you can hear. But I tell you what, that boy over there at uh, uh, Green Bay out coaching his ass. And they, they were on the same team together. Yeah, yeah, he getting it done. Now, whether all Aaron Rodgers or whatever, hey, as the – Quarterback goes, the coach goes. So, you know, I just think that uh, he's been been exposed, but he'll run his course there. Somebody give him a chance in the NFL again, 
and yeah. pay him a whole lot of money to go over there. And he had oh, run yeah. that game for three years or so. And that looked good. Just like Parcells used to do. Run that game, then don't do what he's supposed to do. Then all of a sudden, well, you're going to take over at Alabama for Nick Saban and then everybody on the dick again <laughs> want to pay him $15 million a year and stuff like that. Then when that shit don't come to fruition, then he come up with something else. Now he want the USC job and Boy, he'd do that till he's 70 years old. <laughs> and ain't got a national championship or a Super Bowl. But he'd do that shit. Yeah, this is a hustle game now. These coaches, boy, I mean, shit, they got more tricks than a politician and a stripper. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I think the problem is. So, I mean, you got Jalen Ramsey, you got Aaron Donald, you got Vaughn Miller. You got all these weapons, Cooper Cup and and Robert Woods when he was healthy. You got Beckham now. You got Matthew Stafford. You got enough to do something with it. And losing two and three games and all that in a row for a guy that's supposed to be a guru is unacceptable. I agree. All right. So, uh, let's see. Yeah, Rodgers, 307 yards passing. And let's see, Ray and Buck took Green Bay. Ray had Green Bay 37-31. Buck had Green Bay 37-24. to So, And what was his final score? 36-28, eight-point game. Okay. So I was pretty close with that. Yep, yep. All right, Baltimore 16, Cleveland 10. Baker Mayfield. 247 yards passing, and he was 18 of 37, passer rating of 79.4 yards. <laughs> and everyone is saying, well, Baker is hurting and all this stuff, but I don't know if he's hurt or not, but I just know he looks bad. And one thing I can say about Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson can play horrible, but, man, that dude finds a way to turn it around down the stretch. I mean, how many games have we seen this season? Probably at least two or three, two on prime time, where he has a horrible first half or something. Or last year he had a horrible first half, had to go to the bathroom, take a dump, come back, whatever he did. But, uh, Vomited, whatever he did. Yeah, but this dude threw four interceptions. But, I mean, he made the plays when, when they counted, and it was an ugly game. But man, if you had to be the GM for the Cleveland Browns and make a decision on Baker Mayfield's nope. contract, <laughs> nope. nope, he makes great commercials. You gotta oh, like yeah. his commercials. His um, commercials are good. But this is the if deal. If you want to die over thirty million dollars, we can do it. No, he needs to be. He needs to. He's a twenty-five million dollar quarterback all day long or less. But um. Bottom line of it is, is this as far as Cleveland goes. Um, you know, it's not he, – he is hurt. I mean, he did get hurt during the game. They had to retape his 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 heel during the game and put on a bigger shoe and wrap that rascal up so he could actually put pressure on it. Um, his shoulders tore out. Um, he, he, he's banged up pretty good. But regardless of whether he's banged up or not, there's – there's quarterbacks all over this league that are banged up at this time of the year. I mean, but Baker Mayfield is not – I mean, he's a second-tier quarterback. He's not one of these elite quarterbacks in that top top tier. I mean, he will get – he's a 
he should be a game manager and you you know you you should be able to ride ride chub and hunt until the wheels fall off um if you get if you could get a game where he you know those guys could get about 150 200 yards a game and he doesn't have to throw but maybe 25 times Cleveland Browns would be hard to whoop because they got a good defense but you know if he's got to throw more than 25 times don't expect to win the football game. He's not going to get it done. He's going to throw it to Landry until Landry gets so tired that he can't hardly catch. He's not yeah, going right. to spread the ball around. And you know, I'm going to tell, tell you what the problem is. Cleveland is up against the clock. They have a sensational defense. Now, I don't yep. think that Green Bay is going to let Aaron Rodgers walk. Now, I could be wrong about that. But I don't think they let him walk. Let's see if they win the Super Bowl. How can you write an MVP walk out with a Super Bowl win, arguably in his prime? And yeah. because the prime now, who knows? He may play the E forty two or forty three at this level. Now you say, yeah. uh, if he does walk, Pittsburgh has all the pedigree that you need, a good coach, good organization, uh, oh, yeah. well-run and everything else. What is going to stop? And, and uh, what's his name? Big Ben, all his money coming off the books. So we ain't got to put much together to get Aaron Rodgers some money. You see we got $87 million. It's $87 million we have if we carry over the 12 and a half that we got this year over the next year's uh, salary cap. So, in, in in all honesty, he loves Pittsburgh. I don't know. I mean, if during the Pittsburgh game, it was just kind of crazy, all the smiling and everything that was going on during that game. It was really kind of weird. But, 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 but you it, have to, I, to, to say, is Pittsburgh defense got a bigger upside than – then Cleveland, yep. and Cleveland has some young guys, younger guys on the team. Well, Pittsburgh yep. does too, but like you say, Devin Bush and them has not quite been the same. And now you yep. say it's, it comes down between Cleveland because you're delivering championship in Cleveland, and then you're here forever. And then you say, yeah, uh, it did going to come down to him and Russell Wilson. You can't afford to yep. let that happen if you are Cleveland. Let him go to Pittsburgh because it's over. Yeah, we'll run that division. We'll run that damn. Listen, and you fucking around Baker Mayfield uh, up up against that. Now you you yeah. already There's gonna no lose way. To Lamar Jackson. You already gonna lose to Joe Burrow, and then you are gonna lose to whoever Pittsburgh picks up. So you the last yep. quarterback, but you because you in line, you want somebody to give you four years or one hundred and fifty, one hundred sixty million dollars. Ain't gonna happen. Because Cle- Ain't Cleveland, gonna happen. Cleveland, if if Cleveland give him that kind of money, they need to go out here and 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 donate a billion dollars to an HBCU. You a damn fool. <laughs> All right, let me welcome yep. uh, Eminem from Jacktown. What up, Eminem? <laughs> Hey, what, what up, guy? What up, Cub? Hey, what's going on, Cub? What up, M? All right. But um, all of us took Baltimore in this game. So, um, yeah, we weren't sipping the Baker Kool-Aid. And the Monday night game was Washington 17, Seattle 15. And let's see, for that, 
Ray was the only one who took Washington. He was the only one that took Washington. And I mean, man, Seattle just Eminem, I'll let you get some words in on this, man. They just don't look like Seattle anymore. They can't run the ball, which is what Pete, Pete Carroll wants to do. Um, I mean, Russell Wilson led the team with 16 yards. Alex Collins had seven carries for 14 yards. DJ Dallas had three carries for four yards. And um, they can run the ball. They couldn't stop Washington from running the ball. And, man, Russell got harassed, and he made some dumb decisions last night, taking sacks and stuff. And I, yeah. I just think this team is going to fall apart, man. And we know yeah. – I don't expect Pete Carroll or Russell Wilson to be there next year. Yeah, that, that's what's done happen. I mean, that's one of them things where, you know, unfortunately this is some shit I went through as an Eagle fan, you know, on more than one occasion. Because when you look at Seattle, the first, well, just say the first three games of the season, I mean, you you didn't really know who was going to come out the NFC uh, West. Same team, for the most part, same everything. And now they can't win, but it's not it's not that they're losing. They're losing horribly. They, they're losing like they totally discombobulated. It's like there's no rhythm, there's no rhyme to what they're trying to do as a uh, – especially as an offense. Uh, we all seen Russell, you know, play with injuries before. And I'm not saying, you know, your finger – don't make a difference because it make a hell of a difference as a quarterback. But just some of the decisions almost look like it almost looked like a guy that's frustrated, you know, like, you know, like, hey, um, you know, it's like it's just time to go. Time for me to go somewhere else. Be careful. You know, it's time for him just to retire. Um, when, when, when Pete Carroll, um, tried to play the popularity game on um, well, his in his view of the popularity game. And this is just my opinion. Ain't no facts on this. And then give Marshawn Lynch that damn ball because he knew that hood-looking nigga was going to end up being the MVP. That really kind of put a cloud on the organization. They really never got over that shit. And if you look at it, from that game on, Seattle has really never been that force that it looked like they was going to be for some years. So, uh, I, I just think, you know, that the game last night, you know, of course, of course, BQ was pulling for uh, Seattle for all, uh, for obvious reasons. But yeah, <laughs> outside of outside of personal uh, uh, interest in it, it's just like I, I, I'm just like, OK, you know, Heinke is, is, is OK. I mean, nothing wrong with that. McLaurin is, is a hell of a talent. Uh, Gibson can run that thing. I mean, it ain't like Washington is garbage, but but this don't look like a team that should have been. If you if you saw Seattle, the previous Seattle with the same basic players, it's just like they would have mopped the floor with this Washington team, uh, especially on uh, uh, on defense. You know, it's like man, like damn, you know, so. I don't know, man. It's just like a lost locker room. It's just like same team, same players, and something go wrong. And if if once nobody believe me no more or buy into it or that leadership go bad, then everything goes south. Yeah, seems that way. 
And so, all right. So we'll go ahead and take a look at next week and make our predictions for next week and get ready to to wrap things up. And so Thursday night, Dallas at New Orleans. And I'm going with Dallas. I mean, if they don't bounce back this week, we're really in trouble. I'm going with Dallas. Eminem, who you got? Well, uh, obviously, Dallas is the better team all around. But uh, I think for whatever quirky reason, they losing streak going to continue. So I'm going with New Orleans. All right. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to take Dallas. I mean, until they get uh, Winston back, I can't really count on New Orleans. So I'm gonna take uh, Dallas. Okay. Oh. And Dallas gonna Dallas gonna run all over these boys. I, I don't see. You know, you got Taysom Hill playing back there. He a gadget quarterback. Man, Dallas gonna beat the brakes off New Orleans Saints. All right. I don't know about the breaks, but I think they can win. And, the whole uh, damn the whole damn break system. <laughs> All right. Buck, I'll stick with you. Tampa Bay at Atlanta. Tampa Bay. Yeah, you need me after Tampa. that question. I'm going Tampa Bay. Eminem. Uh I'ma put Tampa in a close one, man. I'm gonna put points on this one. I, I'm like Tampa by three. All right, Ray. Yeah, I like Tampa Bay. Okay. Ray, I'll stick with you. Arizona at Chicago. Arizona. Kyler Murray be back, Arizona. All right. Buck. Arizona in 21. Eminem. Yeah, I, I second that. <laughs> All right, Eminem. Minnesota at Detroit. I'm sorry. I'm going with Arizona, by the way. And okay. Tampa. I don't know if I said Tampa. Um, and I'm going with Minnesota. Eminem, Minnesota at Detroit. Yeah, I'm gonna go with, go with Minnesota. Uh, is Devin Cooks? He's he's out. I right? don't think he's gonna play. Yeah, I don't think he's okay. gonna play. Yeah. I'm sorry. Right, I'm still going with Minnesota. All right. And right. Uh, Minnesota. Madison can fill in just fine. Minnesota. Okay. But. Minnesota. Minnesota. All right. Ray, Denver at Kansas City. I'm taking Kansas City. I'm doing the same. Eminem. Yeah, KC. Buck. KC. All right. Buck, the Chargers at Cincinnati. Man. This is a tough one because the Chargers been been choking. Um, yeah, it should be easy. <laughs> if they win the conference, yeah, no, but it, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on limb and pick the Chargers in a close one. Well, you got uh, right, you tripping. Man, I'm taking <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals. Eminem. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I I think the I think the Bengals the Bengals uh, did this shit a couple weeks ago uh, against somebody yeah. they played. Um, I'm gonna go with the Chargers, man. I the Chargers done sucked the last two games, but it's just something about 
Justin Herbert running for ninety yards, man. I I just got that just kind of warmed me over. So I I hope he can get more carries. That sounds crazy because he got a hell of an arm, but they got to keep mixing off the field. So if they run and control the clock, then they should be able to get back on track. Okay. All right. And um, I'm taking Cincinnati at home. I, uh, I think the Chargers would get back on track. I just don't think it will be this week. And, Ray, Indianapolis at Houston. Indianapolis. Jones and Jill. Oh. Indianapolis in 35. Eminem? Yeah, give me Indy. Uh, I think this going to be a – a show out game for Wentz. I, I think he's gonna uh light it up in this one. Might be the okay. only time, but he's he gonna light it up. All right. And Buck Giants at Miami. Really? Nobody gives a damn about this game. Not even their fans do. Miami um, playing some ball right now. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Miami on this one because they have been kind of balling out lately. They're on a three game winning streak. All right. Ray? Miami Dolphins. Eminem? Miami because I need them to. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Eminem's taking Philly over the Jets. I ain't got to ask. Smart Uh, man. (laughs) Yeah, I'm taking Philly in this one too. Uh, Ray, who you got? I'm gonna have to take. Uh, oh boy, I'm gonna take Philadelphia. Yeah, they keep running for 200 yards, man. Uh, Philadelphia is gonna do one or two things: either they gonna get whooped, <laughs> or they gonna blow doors off the roof. Yeah, but Philly. Okay, I heard Buck say Jets. Uh, <laughs> no, you did not. No, you did not. You lying your ass just off. This, they beat, who did Jets beat this week? Was it Carolina? Houston. Who they, who they beat? They beat Houston. 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 No, okay. they beat Houston. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Eminem. I'm sorry. No, Ray. Washington at the Raiders. Oh, man. Washington been playing some tough ball lately, too. We don't play well at home. But uh, I think McKissick got hurt, so I'm going to take over. I mean, Vegas. All right. Eminem? Yeah. Uh, like I say, Vegas got to just keep running uh, Jacoby. Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. <laughs> Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. Yeah. And uh, I don't know why I call it that. And, uh, and Drake, too, if uh, when he's available. They keep doing that. They should be able to handle uh, Washington pretty easy. All right, but taking the Oakland, Los Angeles, Oakland, Vegas Raiders. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Raiders too. We'll make it a sweep. And book Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Don't do it, but. <laughs> 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 I'm doing it. I'm, t- I'm taking my board. I'm doing it. Steelers at a close three. All right. <laughs> Eminem? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I can say the Baltimore win against Cleveland wasn't that impressive, but 
uh, the way Pittsburgh got skull drug by Cincinnati, man, it's like I don't know. I'm gonna take Baltimore. Skull fuck. Right. Get it right. Skull right. fuck. Man, I'm gonna take the Ravens. Yeah, I'm going with Baltimore in this one too. All right. Let's see. This is a tough one, but I'm gonna take the Rams over Jacksonville in Los Angeles. Uh, Eminem, Jacksonville at the Rams. Whew. Yeah, man, it, it shouldn't be a tough pick, but yeah, I'm gonna go with the Rams. But God, Lee, I don't know what the hell is going on with that. Man, if the Rams were to lose this game, oh man, God, oh. Uh, the way they look, it's possible. They, they, they like they. I don't know something wrong. <laughs> All right, Ray. And I'm, I'm taking the Rams. Okay. And but taking the Los Angeles, St. Louis, Los Angeles Rams. Anaheim. Don't forget Anaheim. Anaheim. Bucks, San Francisco. I believe this is the Sunday night game. San Francisco at Seattle. San Francisco. Seattle might not win another game. All right. I'm going with San Francisco. Eminem, who you got? Man, give me San Francisco. Unless Seattle is playing Detroit or somebody like that, I don't think I'm picking them the rest of the year. All right. Right? They don't quit. They look like San San Francisco. Seattle's already on the boat. They going fishing. (laughs) All right. Ray, New England at Buffalo. I'm taking the Patriots. All right. But, oh, I'm sorry. Let me get a score from you, Ray. It's the Monday night game. Okay. All right. The score, I'm going to go with uh, 31-24. 31-24. But, taking the Patriots. I'm going to take them 35-17. 35-17. Eminem? Uh, give me Buffalo, 23-17. Eminem, Buffalo, 23-17. I'm also going with Buffalo. I I just feel like, I don't know, I just feel like this is going to be some type of statement game. But I'm going with Buffalo, 35-20. All right. And so, let's see, we took one, we picked the same teams on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, get ten games. We picked the same team on ten games. Yeah, getting late in the season. See, you are who you are at certain points. Yeah. <laughs> Carolina, Cleveland, Green Bay, and Tennessee all have the bye. As far as the standings go, um, this week Ray and I were tied at seven and seven. We really none of us really had a good week. Ray and I were tied at seven and seven. Buck was five and nine. Eminem was four and ten. For the regular season standings, I'm 115, 63 and one. Ray is 107, 71 and one. Buck is 101, 77 and one. And Eminem is 98, 80 and one. So. I'm 64%. Ray is 60. Buck is 56. Eminem is 55. All right. So we'll do some who am I's and we'll go ahead and shut this thing down. 
So let me see what I can find. I'm going to try to see if I can find three of them. And let's see. Call Mecklenburg. Oh, Buck got one. He got one. And all right. That was was too easy. I ain't gonna do Bo Jackson. That's too easy. Let's see. And all right, I think these would be enough. No, ain't nobody gonna remember Steve Walsh. <laughs> I would. That, I remember they had a saint there when he went to the Saints. They had a song they used to play on the New Orleans radio station. Steve Walsh, baby. <laughs> really? Yep. On uh, Q93 back in the day. I got that one, Q. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to give y'all a tough one, man, because I feel like sometimes I be serving up some easy ones. So I'm going to give y'all, I'm going to start y'all off with a tough one. All right, everybody We're ready? We ready. All right. Five foot ten, 194 pound wide receiver out of Penn State. Drafted in the first round in 1993 by the Miami Dolphins. OJ McDuffie. OJ McDuffie. Dog, he knocked that out of the box. I didn't think he was going to get that one. Damn. Yeah, I ain't, Not I so ain't fast. Him, right. Woo. Lord. We'll go ahead and give Ray his title today. All right. Yeah, that's a bad omen there that quick. Golly. You ain't kidding. I'm a 5'10", 175-pound wide receiver. Drafted in the second round in 2008 by the Philadelphia Eagles out of California. Who am I? Deshaun Jackson. Jackson. I heard Eminem on that one. Oh, Deshaun man. Jackson, 11,017 yards, 58 touchdowns. God, that dude put up, put up 11,000 yards. Yeah, Hall of Fame yeah. in my opinion. Wow. Oh, that, we need to have a quick discussion about that. So we get what after we get done with this. Alright. Alright. So we tied at one. This could be the last one unless Buck gets it. Y'all ready? ready. Six foot yep. six foot four, two hundred and seventy-five pound defensive end. Drafted in the second round in nineteen ninety-seven by the Buffalo Bills out of Columbia. Who am I? Oh, Marcellus Wiley. Game, baby. Marcellus Vernon. Wow. All right. So that's two in a row for Ray. And all right. So let's go ahead and somebody said something. They had something to say about Sean Jackson and we'll shut this down. The thing about it is when you look at his career, I believe he's second or first all time with most 40 point, I mean, 40 yard touchdowns. Now, if he got uh, 50 first. something of them, <laughs> he should be considered for the Hall of Fame because when you look at guys like Randy Moss and guys like that, he's in that category for the biggest uh, deep threats ever. So when you look at it like that, man, he got to be at least thought about because some guys fall in different categories. Just like do you put Devin Hester in the Hall of Fame? 
for what he did on special teams, in my opinion. Yes, you do. Absolutely. When you look at the show oh, Jackson, yeah. I think you have to consider that. Yeah, I think I had no idea he had that many yards because um I only remember like maybe one or two just stellar seasons. Um when he went from How many yards to, does he have? Washington. Eleven thousand. That's that's crazy. Nah. And Ooh, considering that he's been a yeah, considering that he's been a part-time player for the last three seasons, that's amazing, man. But the dude, yeah, he I, averages. I tell you what's even more amazing, his, his, the way he got injured. And, well, of course, of course, everybody saw the game Thursday. Think about yeah. it. Even this season with the, with the Rams, I don't care how many times he get injured, he's one of the few guys that it seems like injuries don't really just knock him all the way off. It's for the explosive stuff. You know, usually a guy like that, you get hurt, man. That's that's it. That's like you you're not even really in the league no more. But he he's shaking guys like he's still in his twenties and healthy. I mean, but it's, healthy, it's crazy because <laughs> this is a guy that's only played 16 games twice in his career. Okay. He's only played 16 games twice in his career. So I mean and for him to have 11,000 yards, and like I said, he's been a part-time player for like three seasons now. He has one, two, three, four, 5,000-yard seasons. All right, his best season is 1,300. So it's not like it's spectacular, but when you consider that he's led the league four times as far as yards per catch and had 22 yards per catch in 2010, had 21 yards per catch in 2014, Man, man, man! It's I, and man, I got one listen. more point. I got one it more is. point to sell on. He yeah. catches money balls. Now that's a that's an unwritten stat. But when the moment is big, he ain't gonna get. He ain't gonna nut up, man. If that ball in the air and he can burn your ass, he gonna do it. He ain't gonna. Yeah. He ain't gonna do that shit. Uh, Jalen Rager did Sunday. He ain't gonna do that. Oh he man, that dude! The, he has the NFL record of. 80-yard touchdowns with five 80-yard touch, 80 yards plus. He has a career touchdowns of 60 yards plus. He has 26 of them. That's crazy. That's an NFL record. Damn. So he has to be considered. And then when you look around, yeah. I mean, all these guys that they that they got in the Hall of Fame, not, not disrespecting anybody, but you look at all these guys that got in the Hall of Fame, a lot of them played in the same era, have not done what he has done. Yeah, you might yeah. have some Super Bowls and all that, but at what point do you say, man, if you had four of the Hall of Famers on the same offense you on, um, how much has that got to do with it? Yeah. You know, you kind of got to take the Super Bowl out the window. Yeah. And then, I, I know I'm sounding like a car salesman here, Think about the guy, the big, the big stretch the field type guys that come to mind. Moss, hell of an athlete, one of the best ever. Calvin, uh, Megatron Johnson, and then you got this dude here who don't even have the body of some high school. Guys. You know what I'm saying? Just that alone is impressive to I mean, make it to the NFL and then do that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's and that's what makes it so hard on him. And I, I mean, when you consider that he played. At the time, Josh Gordon was in his prime, Antonio Brown, Megatron, Demarius Thomas, A.J. Green. Andre Johnson. I mean, that's why he ain't got – that's why – Andre Johnson. That's why he doesn't have any any all-pros because in his yeah, best he season – he, he has one all-pro. 
Um, I didn't see any all pros on this. Yeah, yeah, no uh, all pro. Okay, okay, but I mean, but that makes it hard to make all pro when you consider um all of those guys that he just happened to be going up against and everything. So I had no idea he had that many yards. I knew he made a lot of big plays, and uh, but man, man, man. Now just think if that was on a trivia question like ten years from now, and you said who got the most, you know. Big stretch plays in NFL history. Now I don't know who who gonna be the upcoming star, but let's say if time stopped right now, the average somewhat football head will probably say Brandon Miles or something like that, because that's who you think about when it comes to you know like that game he had with with uh, three catches, 163 yards against the Cowboys one year or something like that. I mean you know that stretched the field, but you know I don't think many people would guess Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> nah, and nah. then when you, you look at it, he has 58 career touchdowns. Michael Irvin has 65. He got 11,000 uh, something yards. Michael Irvin has 11,900 yards. So it's very close. Then when you consider all the records that he has for long distance, yeah, Michael Irvin has the Super Bowls and would be considered a better receiver. But he does deserve some consideration looking at all these. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anytime I mean, I, I don't think in ten years, ten thousand yards is gonna be it's gonna mean all that much when you consider the extra games and the way um they play the game today. But I mean twelve thousand is crazy. That dude's gonna probably finish with twelve thousand if he stays healthy. If he stays and, healthy, that's that's the trick. Yeah, and so I mean He's an elite company right now. I mean, he he's he's already passed Joey Galloway. Uh, I mean, he's, Joey Galloway's not a Hall of Famer, but I'm just he's a big name. He's already passed Roddy White and guys, you know, names you know: Keyshawn Johnson, Andre Rising, Donald Driver, <laughs> and and seeing he's right behind uh, Ocho Cinco, Kenny McCardell, Rod Smith, who should be a Hall of Famer, Musha Muhammad. And he shoot, he can pass Calvin Johnson before the year is out. That's crazy. So based on what this website is is showing, the average Hall of Famer averages about eleven thousand six hundred thirty eight yards. Uh, well, Jerry Rice blows that average up, but he doubles that average. Mm-hmm. But uh, so that's the average Hall of Fame wide receiver, eleven thousand six hundred thirty eight yards, and you know he's he's right there. And so definitely something to be considered. But all right, fellas, we'll go ahead and shut this down, and we'll do this again next week. And um, everyone, you've been listening to the Very Unsportsmanlike podcast. You can visit the website at www.podpage.com forward slash 15 yards, and we'll catch you on the